We talk about farming on land a lot here on The Farming Show. Welcome back on your Saturday morning. Dylan Honkoop with you here on KGMI. What we don't talk about nearly enough is the farming that doesn't happen on land that happens in the water. And uh, particularly, I, I know where you're going. If you're, you're from Whatcom County, you're probably thinking of Drayton Harbor. And that's where we are this morning at the Drayton Harbor Oyster Company, looking out over their farm land, essentially, I guess is what it is. Uh, we've got Mark Seymour and Kat Guerra here, both with the farm. Uh, Mark, your dad was involved with starting this, and you've been involved with it since almost the beginning kind of thing yeah there's a there's a picture on the wall behind me i'm six years old walking around <laughs> eel grass beds out in drayton harbor um, nice we don't know how we got here other than like this you know my dad had the history in it um back in the 80s um you know i moved back to town from california fish biologist background as well and uh started this up just i wanted to work with my old man wanted to work for myself didn't know what that meant didn't yeah. know what went into it other than a lot of hard work and man to see where we are right now it's just it's we do pinch ourselves cat reminds me all the time about how special <laughs> this is i kind of lose sight of it just because it's you know yeah you work a lot um and you tend to lose sight of it but yeah we've created something really special up here so you're farming oysters correct how does that work just in a tonal nutshell super simple for not smart not Mm -hmm. fishing people Mm -hmm. like me how does it work yeah the easiest way to break down oyster farming is that you start with a very small animal um you know either a free swimming animal basically mm-hmm. becomes two millimeters in the matter of weeks becomes half inch in the matter of months becomes um market ready to sell in about a year and a half if mm-hmm. we really do it right we're handling them you know each individual oyster is getting handled about once every three months um we don't have fences to keep them in we don't have to water them we don't have to so they feed just them sit on the bottom kind of thing yeah it's it's a very labor intensive industry um yeah they, some do sit on the bottom, but we tend to grow more of like, a, I compare it to craft brew. You know, it's, it's mm. much more hands-on, yeah. um, smaller scale, labor intensive. But bottom line is it's, you have an animal in this bay that starts as, you know, microscopic in a year and a half if you do it right. Yep. Um, you end up with this awesome product and it's a living animal that's really a, a huge um, net environmental positive out there. It's cleaning the bay, it's mm. creating habitat, um, and then it goes into the... You know, when you eat this thing, it's it's a huge protein source as well. So it's really right. neat to to be able to create something out of nothing. You know, if 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 we take care of the bay, if we take care of the oysters, yeah. you really create something out of nothing, and it's just mind blowing to watch back, like stand back and watch that happen. Yeah. Well, the growth that you guys have seen in recent years, and just how the public has embraced what's going on here. I, I want to talk about Oyster Fest yeah. that you guys just had last yeah. weekend. I know I wanted to get you guys on the show before Oyster Fest to promote it. It sounds like it didn't need to because the hordes of people came yeah, out and you, you know, guys were so cat, busy. You're gosh, like, we yeah. don't even have time to, to chat about this ahead of time. We're just it, <laughs> going it was, 24-7. Man, Oyster Fest was something. It was, uh, I think I came up with <laughs> a, a bit of a, a layout really late in the morning. I was in here shucking oysters till I think 2 a.m. the day before. Wow. Um, Kat and I were down here bright and early the next day setting up. And I think we caught eyes a couple times as we watched watched this line develop and it was <laughs> like, like what what is, what is this um, i saw people posting about it on social media yeah. you know not any just general public that showed up here and i'm like yeah that looks like it's going pretty well <laughs> it drew a lot of people to town you know i think her and i both were really um we had a lot of folks work we had a lot of volunteers 
um, we I had my my eyes down just shucking oysters yeah. the whole time. I know she was dealing <laughs> with customers a lot, but overall, I mean, I went back and I've watched a lot of videos, and I just see a, I've you know keep on telling Cat, I'm like, man, I'm just counting smiles. Like everybody is smiling, and I I think it's celebrating what we know we have here in Blaine, which is something yeah. really special and unique. Um, it's celebrating a product that, that has a story behind it. This is a family-run business, which is another component that I think people really grasp onto. Yeah. Um, the, the coolest compliment I got that day was um, that people think it's, you know, this business and this event went so well because I do have a big family behind me. But for, for some reason, we're able to make folks feel like they're a part of the family, you know. Mm. And um, my dad, my old man, like he's, he's a very personable guy that yeah. loves to teach and talk. And I think I'm the same way. Kat's the same way. Um, so overall... Like in your well, opinion. yeah, and that's what I want to get to is because, Kat, you can brag this up a little bit better because Mark, uh, you and your dad, you know, you've built a lot of this from the ground up. So it could be kind of hard, like you said, even your own perspective, you're just used to it. Yeah, she's seen this since, gosh, 2017, I think. Four and a half, five years now. So you come in, but yeah. from a little bit more of an outside perspective as you join and, you know, work with everything here. Yeah. Talk about... What's so special here that that maybe they can't even see themselves because they got their head, you know, nose to the grind, yeah. so to speak. I think that it happens so organically. Um, and even though Mark and Steve both sort of recognize like the value and the specialness um, of what they've built and the community that they're in, that um, it the outside perspective is um, this doesn't really happen anywhere else. Like maybe it's just like looking at your face every day and you don't see yourself getting older and you think that you still look the same. But then, <laughs> yeah. you know, as an outside person coming in, you can sort of see that, you know, this is this is huge. This is special. It requires um, attention and yeah. investment. And in a way, I think that Mark and Steve used to be able to focus their attention and investment on sustainability and water quality. You're almost a, like you are two fisheries biologists that now have a restaurant and a farm and hordes <laughs> of employees and interviews and emails and um, yeah, all the things that I'm not good at. What are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> a hearing <laughs> for the array, um, you know, and that is you now have a fully going concern that requires your attention to build that. Um, and what actually brought the business to this place is the investment, um, you know, of Steve and Jeff Menzies and Mark and yeah. the family. You know, the last 30 years has has had a different, I would say a different focus, but there's been, we've had more resources focused on that because this, this restaurant and this farm didn't yeah. exist at the capacity that it currently exists at. So I've come in as sort of extra bandwidth for the, the community outreach and sustainability component. Um, so Mark and Steve and I work together to sort of create these visions. Um, but you, my you, focus is not on the restaurant. Yeah. My focus is really on farm sustainability, community yeah. watershed, and bringing all these things together. And you're from Canada, and that's your background is as a biologist as well. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a terrestrial biologist, so I focus mostly on plants and soils, horticulture. Um, and because oysters are a sessile creature, um, there are uh, like a completely mirrors uh, growing oysters mm -hmm. almost completely mirrors um, the the technical steps um, for a lot of what I have done. I've worked yeah. in I work in reclamation primarily land reclamation, but also watercourse reclamation. Uh, we work with a lot of communities on um, you know how they would like to see their their land restored and and what we need to be able to do that and and bringing in community resources to help support that so that there's ownership yeah. for that um, end result. And and I, I see that Blaine really values their their watershed, mm -hmm. um, 
the habitat, the wildlife habitat, the fisheries, aquaculture. Um, but sometimes when we leave those environments, we don't understand that some of the activities or actions that we um, do in our own lives can have negative impacts on those things that we value outside of that. Right, so it's sure. trying to make those connections. And I don't really believe in sort of, you know, winners and losers. I think that we can all sort of get what we want. I like this non-zero-sum game theory where like yeah. nobody really has to give up anything. We just sort of have to understand the connections. Um, and once we do that, we can make different choices. Yeah, it's it's collaborating mm -hmm. you know it's collaboration as an entire community to make something happen you know that's, that's not entirely untrue for a farmer i mean I, there's a more direct immediate impact mm -hmm. when you're farming with the water in yeah. the in drayton harbor here if somebody screws up up yeah. in the watershed yeah. you, you're gonna you're gonna feel it right away mm -hmm. if a farmer if a farmer is applying manure at the wrong time or too much or in the wrong way not following their nutrient management plan boom you are you have a big problem here quickly but on land really even though the impact may not be as immediate or as obvious mm -hmm. there are so many of those connections too between communities and different land uses and urban mm -hmm. areas and you it's know stewarding our watersheds yeah. we're all in this together yeah, it's a very fluid environment and to be able to sort of manage and track and trace it's it's not really doable so we sort of all have to um, do our part because we're not necessarily going to be able to track. You know, right now we're seeing elevated um, fecal coliforms in the in the harbor, but we don't really know why that is. They could be coming from many different sources. Right. So, um, you know, trying to sort of increase or improve the water quality of the bay without necessarily pointing fingers right. is really, really well, important because we don't fight. know why. Yeah. Like, we don't <clears throat> want to fight because we all really want yeah. good water quality. We yeah. want you know everyone to succeed in what they're investing in. We don't want to hold anyone back. Um, but we can have seen um, that you know, this industry really also supports the community as well. Yeah. It's, it's so critical, though, to have, like, so everything that she's saying there, you know, um, my dad might have spoken about this, too, but all of a sudden, we're able to deal with, engage, rather, <clears throat> with such a broad customer base from, you know, a ton of the locals, right? Like, this is yeah. a local hangout spot. People come down yeah. here on any sunny day, and, and you're watching, you're meeting your neighbors, you know, over beers and oysters. Yeah. So, um, we have the ability to reach so many folks within our community, like city council comes down here, you right. know, and sits down with us <laughs> and talks, um, and it's because we've created this this place to celebrate yeah. this product right mm -hmm. so without without the restaurant component how do, how do you even go about doing that that, my that dad's, is an excellent my dad stories are you know back in the day it was you'd invite people throughout the community to you know i went to one when i was younger it was you know, grilling oysters in a parking lot of a church somewhere you know and we're reaching right. out to all the local community we got like six people yeah. right like how many people do There's we deal with on a saturday now thousands so uh, and if we have the ability which gets harder and harder as we get busier and busier but if we have the ability for you know to take me off of the shucking knife if you will or, or have cat in here not dealing with other other problems but being able to engage with our customers and man like you sit down with folks and you, you tell them about what we do and and the problems and you have their ear in a heartbeat again because they've got this product in front of them that they don't want to lose and all of a sudden yeah. they realize like oh shoot there's there's a lot of issues that oyster yeah. farming has to deal with and it's really cool to get people to realize that um because then they go and talk about it they're your allies they're telling you if they see their neighbors doing something sketchy up right. on a creek right you know i've had that happen um because they care they and yeah. it's not just a political mm -hmm. point it's yeah. live 
life, it's food, yeah. families, community. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is the farming show. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. We're talking about farming oysters here at the Drayton Harper Oyster Company. We've been talking with Kat Guerra, Mark Seymour, uh, who are with me right now. That retail element, it, it's one of these bootstrap problems in a way because you have to have the farm, you have to have that behind you to do the retail, you know, direct business consumer, whatever it is, part. But doing that makes the other part go in some ways too. Not just moving product, but making the community understand what you're up to, supporting what you're doing rather than potentially opposing what you're doing. We see farms doing that too as they go direct to consumer and and have, you know, the cheese shops that we have here, the berry farms that do... That is such an important thing they've found to build that community. Not everybody can do that, though. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you just want to be the biologist and the farmer, really, in a lot of ways, growing the product. But then you've got this whole retail side to manage. Who's going to do that? And it almost becomes too much. It's like, yeah, but I mean, all of us that that you're speaking to about this just have a get up. You you wake up in the morning, you go. Yeah, it's just built on passion. (laughs) Like, you know, Kat's been involved for X amount of years and gosh, her passion probably exceeds mine sometimes as I get exhausted. So we can kind of help. She helps me out a ton to bring me back up when I'm low and vice versa, right? Because this is such an exciting thing that we have. But yeah, it's a ton of work. Um, Farming's a ton of work. Farming is a ton of work. And then all of a sudden you, you plug in the 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 people part up here you know and deal with thousands of people and luckily for me i can sometimes disappear back to the water by myself <laughs> right. and just kind of chill out and get stuff done but well that's where a lot of people in farming whether it's on the water or yeah. on land are like i just can't deal with that yeah. and i understand that because mm-hmm. you know a lot of farmers like to be out growing their crop whatever that might be or their animals they don't and they tend to be introverts yeah. more often they just want to leave me alone and i'll do my thing yet this like public element this retail element is so important to be a part of the community that's that can be a you know i know some farms people will criticize well why don't you you know why 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 aren't you selling this well there's all these rules and i don't really know how to deal with all that i don't have more employees and get licenses and all all that Um, i mean you guys have put in a huge amount of effort to make this happen yeah and then speaking on the like the community's growth right now right so blaine is i think blaine's booming um Mm -hmm. started to really boom before the pandemic pandemic slowed it down but we've got investors in town that you know i think stuff is finally getting built um yeah. there's cool ideas out there um so then the fun topic that i like to, to bring up is you know we've got this teeter-totter of some sorts where um we want you know we want our restaurant to be busy year-round mm-hmm. you know winter months up here winter months in whatcom county in general to slow down so we want yeah. this to be busier um so that requires a bigger population right so yeah. we've got a lot of folks to the north in bc but blaine's population i think we've got a couple hundred homes or thousands i, forget, I think thousands of homes slated to be built mm-hmm. in the next couple years um so all of a sudden our population like cool that's that's a bigger hiring pool that's a bigger customer base but um which is great right but if you look at it from the farming perspective and the water quality perspective it's really really scary um because all of a sudden we're talking about tenuous (laughs) yeah so so population goes up pollution urbanization goes up water quality is 
is not going to get yeah. better, you know, unless yeah. we really have our finger on the pulse, unless we can really solve this. And, and that's something that Catherine and um, a lot of agencies within Whatcom County are trying to spearhead to really solve yeah. these problems. But it's been, it's been like that for 20, 30 years. Well, right? agencies, nonprofits, mm-hmm. businesses, farms, individuals have put in so much work to get oh, the bay man. back open yeah. from where it was Gosh. in the early 90s mm-hmm. to today. Yeah. But that's going to, like you're saying, it's going to have to continue. There's more work to be done. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that work that it's not like, well, it's just done. you got to continually do yeah. that to keep things going. But I, I still think this retail portion of it, and again, it's taken so much work, I know, to make this a reality, mm-hmm. but it's so important to the future of that. It's the confluence in the platform. Well, and then people have... all. For people moving here, you have to realize if you're moving to this community, if you're one of the families moving Mm -hmm. to one of these new homes, this is part of this community. And we have this harbor here. You have this restaurant. You love it. But if you're living here, you're on the team then. Yeah, here's something that that we're going to try to bring on board. This Catherine's idea that, that, man, we're hoping we can really unleash it here in the next couple months. But something called a Watershed Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to speak to that? Um, Well, I don't know if your, your listeners have ever heard of something called Green Drink. Um, yep. It's yep. an international coalition of people who like to drink beer yep. and uh, and just chat about things that are you know generally green and it's yep. apolitical. Um, there's like very rarely an agenda. It can kind of be whatever the community wants it to be. Um, so we've taken um, that idea. And we'd like to bring it to the watershed as a watershed Wednesday where we can host um, members of the community, everyone from the community who just wants to come and you know, meet their neighbors. What's important to you? Is there anything that we can work on together? Here, yeah. have some oysters. Just a confluence, again, for members of the watershed to connect yeah. and understand each other um, because... This is a this is a fabulous meeting point. It's a fabulous platform. Like you said, like the oysters just really bring everything full circle. They are kind of the embodiment of um, all of the energy and efforts that have been put in in the last thirty years. Um, and that is an incredible success story. That's a model. Um, almost, we need to know how to keep that, maintain yeah. that together. And we're almost out of time. Uh, you almost want to say, and I. I don't, I don't want this to sound snobbish, but it's like, if you're going to move to Blaine, it's a gorgeous community. Mm-hmm. Do it, but don't move there if you aren't serious about protecting its history and culture and protecting its watershed. Mm-hmm. If you aren't serious about doing that, you don't want to be on the team, then don't move to Blaine. Y- yeah, you, you, you have to be a part of it. And we've got, you know, as exodus of people move north from you know the southern states mm-hmm. to northern Washington, it's, it's, it's those folks, you know, that are moving moving here and see cheaper homes than they're used to, see a better view, life on the water, and, and probably a little bit oblivious to the other stuff because guess what? California doesn't have something so unique as right. this, you know, in Southern mm-hmm. Cal. Yeah, um, so yeah it's, it's probably it's, most people is just they don't know yeah, so rather exactly. than like they don't care. So exactly. They don't know. So that's sort of the approach that we take. It's not that people are intentional. Yeah. It's just that we like to provide the information in a way that is um, palatable and interesting and makes you want to care. Yeah. Like we're not here to force anyone or create fear but once you sort of understand the value and how important it is to the community and how important it is to you and what you can do 
then that kind of creates this internal motivation to, to, to do what you just said, which is take care of the thing that you love that yep. brought you here in the first mm-hmm. place. Exactly. So that it's here for generations. Yeah, don't it's come here and ruin the thing yeah. that you came here mm-hmm. for. And I know it's been the same mantra in farming communities that I grew up in on land for a long time, Lake too. Lakefront communities anywhere. Can, oh, yeah. what a quaint community. And then you arrive and do all the things to make it not quaint anymore. Thank you so much for having me here for chatting on the farming show here at Drayton Harbor Oyster Company. Mark Seymour, Kat Guerra, we appreciate your time this morning. You got it. That Thanks, was awesome. Dylan. Thank you.